Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, I'm excited to preach for you today, and so thanks, Katie and Sim. I'm going to grab this and um, just get into a message. You know, as I said before, where we've just come out of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't know how that's been for you. Uh, It's been a great time to actually focus on God. You know, prayer and fasting is an interesting thing. It creates discomfort and challenge, but also it's an opportunity for us to connect with God in a more and in a deeper and more focused way. And so I hope that's been significant for you over this last 21 days, whatever it's been, whether you've given up food, uh, which has been difficult, you know, I've been um, doing different things over the last couple of weeks and it's hard being at home. Um, maybe you've given up social media and you're back on now. Um, that's great too. Whatever it is, we just pray that this time has been significant in your connection to God. You know, we don't have to just pray pray and fast and have that season, you know, every day is an opportunity to connect with God. You know, so I want to talk to us today a little bit about inconvenience. You know, we're in a massive season of inconvenience. Um, The way that we do things, even the simple things are hard to do now. Going to the supermarket or, or going for a walk or exercise or to work, it's all changed. I don't want that to sound like a complaint or, uh, you know, a pity party, but isn't our lives more inconvenient than before? And I want us to to look today um, at that whole area of inconvenience and and just focus a little bit on what, what does God do through those seasons? You know, in the last week, um, you know, our boys have struggled a little bit more with school and different things at home. Ollie particularly, he, he's been pretty upset in the last um, week and we've just had to journey him through the challenge of uh, building resilience in him and, hey, it's going to be okay, but also that nurture and care. And, and it's just been a struggle and I'm sure um, for some of you, it's uh, you go through waves, ups and downs, good days, bad days. Um, and that's been a challenge for us in our, our family. Last week after uh, Resound, um, we did All In on Zoom. It was a great opportunity for the kids to connect. And, and that just, you know, it was a good opportunity for us to see other faces. Um, hopefully you were able to get on that. But for Ollie, it was an interesting time because he was able to see friends and he realised what he was missing out on. And it made me think a lot about how it's disrupting our lives at the moment, but also the opportunity that it is. And so I want us to talk today about an unexpected inconvenience that can lead to an unexpected blessing. So unexpected inconvenience can lead to unexpected blessing. And so I want to read a scripture today from 1 Chronicles 13, uh, verse 6 through to 14. And just setting it up a little bit here, uh, David's conquered a whole bunch of the Philistines. He's recovered the Ark of the Covenant, which had been taken away. And he's coming to a point where he's decided, hey, we've got to get the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. We're going to take um, what's rightfully God's present, you know, what's part of Israel, and we're going to restore that. And so he's beginning on that journey. And and so verse 6 says, Then David and all Israel went to Balaam of Judah also called Carith Jerim, to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord, 
who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from um, Abinib's house. Uzzah and Ohio were guiding the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs, playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals and trumpets. I think Katie hit her tambourine. Uh, you know, she's got one with ribbons on it, I think. No. Um, but hey, they were praising God. They, they were having a party um, in the way that they could. Uh, but the scripture says, but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nakon, the oxen stumbled and Uzzah reached out to place his hand and to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah and he, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hand on the ark. That's interesting. Hey, they were, they were seeming to be doing the right thing and, and doing what David desired and probably what God wanted too. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. It, it'll get encouraging, I, I promise. Um, David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was afraid of God and he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? So David did not move the ark into the city of David. So he he decided not to take it back to Jerusalem. It says ongoing in that scripture, instead, he took uh, took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. Uh, It's interesting, you know, David was doing the right thing or he thought he was doing the right thing. He had the right heart. He had the right mind. He he was um, wanting to restore what was rightfully the nation of Israel's. But he got caught up in the moment. Uh, you know, they were having a party. They're all excited about what was going on. And, and David was excited about what was going to take place. And, but he forgot that God had been very clear. You know, we can read about it in num- Numbers chapter 1 where God was very clear that the Levites were the only ones to carry the ark. And so David had sort of got confused on the process of carrying God's presence in the ark of the covenant. And... Uzzah died because he had touched the presence of God. You know, we've got the presence of God in us. Uh, It was different than the presence of God lived in the Ark of the Covenant. You know, so David had a problem. He had to decide what is he going to do now? He's there in this small town. He's along the road and there's this uh, Ark of the Covenant on a cart and he doesn't want to touch it. He's scared of it. He's angry with God and he looks at what he's going to do. And so he, he decides to himself, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to need to find a place to store it and to leave it. You know, and here we, we see an introduction of this guy, Obed-Edom. We haven't seen him in scripture before. And he was just going about his regular business. He was, um, you, you know, in his home. He was probably there with his family. We don't know necessarily what he would do day to day, but we do know he was a Levite. He was in the town of Gath, which was a Philistine town that the Israelites had overtaken. But Obed-Edom was there and he was just going about his business. And then he got a knock on the door. And there's David. King David is there saying to him, I want to bring in the Ark of the Covenant into your home. Now, 
I don't know, if someone knocked on my door and said, I want to put a big box in the centre of your lounge room, uh, you know, it's going to be an inconvenience. You know, Obed-Edom would have known what had just taken place. It wasn't like this was some distant land that this guy had died. Uzzah had died just outside his door or down the street from his home. And here he is and he's in a position of potential inconvenience. He would have had to make space in his home. His homes wouldn't have been like we've got now. He wouldn't have had a spare room or another lounge room or whatever it might be. He, he would have had to create a space, maybe kicked his kids outside to sleep or if he was brave, his wife or whatever it might have been. Uh, but he was in a position where it could have been a real inconvenience. But he made a decision in that moment to push aside the inconvenience and actually welcome God's presence into his home. He would have been scared, um, potentially, that what, what if his kids touch the Ark of the Covenant? What if I do? But he didn't allow the in, potential inconvenience to stop what God wanted to do. You know, we don't see him, uh, you know, putting up a fight with David or, or not wanting to do that. He, he welcomed the inconvenience into his home, despite the danger. You know, our life is built around convenience. Isn't it? Right now, like uh, we've been avoiding going to the supermarket. Uh, We're just doing orders online for groceries and you put all your list in and press the button and it turns up at your house. How good is it? Uh, Even, you know, we can order Uber Eats or any food that we want. We somehow put something into our phone or ring up on the phone and real food turns up at our door. Or we can watch Netflix or TV whenever we want on demand. Even right now, you're watching church, you're watching this service on demand. Our lives are built around convenience. The, the problem with this is that it creates a situation where we avoid inconvenience. And we actually don't want to put ourselves in any point where we're inconvenienced. I don't know about you, if I'm inconvenienced or there's a better way of do something, doing something, I get frustrated. You know, oh, well, that's inconvenient. I don't want to be disrupted. And we've actually conditioned ourselves and, and and our lifestyles now to be in a position where inconvenience is so bad that there's something really wrong with that. I want us to ask ourselves that question today. What if we put ourselves into a place of inconvenience so that God could actually do something? You know, our, our, our lifestyle right now is a, in a point of inconvenience. What if God's doing something through it? I don't believe for a moment that God caused this to happen, but how can he use it and work it for good? You know, we look through scripture and there's multiple times where we see inconvenience ending up in a place of blessing. You know, the disciples feeding the 5,000, think of that story. You know, they had thousands and thousands of people to feed. What an inconvenience. And the disciples actually said, why don't you go home? Why don't we send the people home? And Jesus said, you feed them. And they were like, well, we can't do that. What happened? God came through, Jesus blessed the food, multiplied it, and there was 12 baskets left over. 12 for them to remind themselves the blessing and the overflow. In that moment that could have been inconvenient, God brought blessing through. Jesus, look at him multiple times uh, where he was on a journey. People grabbed him and he got diverted off. It was an inconvenience to his plan and, he, and what he was thinking of doing. In Mark chapter Chapter 6, 34, um, he was going to rest. He and the disciples were going to rest. And it says in that scripture, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped out from the boat. 
So they'd been going in a boat to get away from every, all, all the crowds and everyone. And, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Multiple times, Jesus actually put aside the inconvenience and the plan and he poured out blessing upon other people. Paul, he was in prison, shipwrecked. He was beaten, run out of, time, ran out of towns. That didn't stop him. Nothing stopped him. The inconvenience was actually something that he um, worked through and saw God's blessing come through. Philippians 3.14, um, and he hung on to this. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Look at that blessing. You know, Obed-Edom, he welcomed the presence of God into his home. He didn't know that blessing was going to occur. He, he didn't know that that was going to happen, but that was a byproduct of what God did through him. You know, the ark housed God's presence. And the Holy Spirit in our day and age lives in each and every one of us. We have the opportunity where, uh, you know, as we praise and worship, as we pray, as we ask the Holy Spirit to come and engage with us, God will come and meet with us where we're at. We don't have to transport physically a box for the presence of God to come into our room. Wherever you are right now, God's presence is there with you. He can be in your lounge room. He can be in your car, wherever you are. You know, and if we're like Obed-Edom, we can make space. You know, there was an inconvenient moment for him. He had to push aside his table or his bed or whatever it might have been. He might have had to make a, a, a space for the Ark of the Covenant. You know, often that's like us. We have to create a space for God's presence to come and be in our life. You know, we don't need, though, like Obed-Edom, to move furniture and, and to maybe kick our kids outside for the presence of God to have space in our life. He can come and be there no matter what at any time. You know, it is possible for that inconvenience to lead to blessing. You know, I don't want to diminish for a moment the struggles that people are going through. Maybe that's you today and it's really hard. Um, you know, there's so many people struggling right now. I'm not diminishing that for a fact. But I want us to take a perspective today to say, is the inconvenience that we're going through right now, is there an opportunity for God to come and do something? You know, the blessing that was poured out in Obed-Edom's family was significant. You know, God did something through his family um, in his home and it became famous. He didn't seek after that blessing, nor should we. You know, if our motivation to go through painful times and inconvenience is, oh, I'm going to, you know, God's going to bless me through it. Well, there's, there's some truth to that. But what if he doesn't? And he doesn't every time. But we have to hang on to his truths that he's got the best for us in mind. And that he's God, that he's sovereign, that he loves and he cares about us so much. And not walk in with a give to get situation. You know, we don't give our, our offerings, our finances, our time. We don't engage with God because we might get something out of it. That's not what I'm saying. But um, in an opportunity we can, um, of inconvenience, we can take a perspective where we say, actually, God, I'm believing for blessing through this season. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm believing that in this moment, you're going to do something powerful. You know, if we allow God's presence to move in our life, something powerful can happen. Obed-Edom, something transformed 
in his heart and his mind uh, over that time. You know, he was a Levite. We can read that in scripture, but we don't see um, him actively involved prior to this time. And you can read later on uh, in the scripture and he actually becomes part of the the group of Levites that welcomed the ark into Jerusalem. He's had an encounter with God, I have no doubt, with God's presence sitting in his home all day, every day for, um, for several months that something took place where he was passionate about what God was doing. You know, in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6, it's the same account of what I read in 1 Chronicles before. David heard of the blessing being poured out upon Obed-Edom. He was famous uh, that God's blessing on Obed-Edom's family had become famous and well-known. David understood then that there was an opportunity to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. You know, I I think at the moment we have an opportunity to encounter God like never before. Over our prayer, time of prayer and fasting, the opportunity to encounter Him, there was more space. We're home more But we've got to make a decision to look at it the right way, but also then to decide that we're going to welcome God into our homes, into our lives, into everything that we do. You know, let's not see the presence of God as an inconvenience. You know, whether it's a a discipline you're having to put in your life or whether it's a a situation where you're going, oh, I've I've got to uh, connect with God. Let's not see God's presence as an inconvenience, but something that we can um, have an encounter with him and see him come through, bring blessing um, in a situation that would otherwise be inconvenient. You know, right now, I strongly believe that it's a significant time for the church as a whole, not just our church but a significant moment in the history of the modern church. You know, over the the generations and generations since the disciples, we've seen occasions where the church has been impacted and um, changed. You know, there was the Reformation, uh, and we see more recently in the 1900s, the Welsh Revival, uh, Azusa Street out of the US where God's Holy Spirit came, and there was a shaping and a shifting in the church. I believe strongly that right now we're going through a shifting and a shaping of the church. How church has looked uh, in the past is not going to be the same. You know, church isn't us having a service. It isn't us being together in a building. It's you and it's me and, and what God is doing through us. And for too long, I think we've been in a place where church looks like, you know, an hour and a half service on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And that's church. I think we would all say that that's not church, but God's doing a shaping and using an opportunity for the kingdom to be extended. You know, we can't think that church and God's kingdom is going to be just like it was before. There's an opportunity for this inconvenience for God's kingdom to come and do something powerful. You know, many Christians right now are waiting for an encounter with God to come from a mass gathering. You know, I hear all these different things. Oh, we we want to be back in church. We want to be back in service. And, you know, not people complaining, but there's somehow a thought that if we can be together, which is important, that's great. I'm longing to be together. But that's not where the encounter of God's going to come from. The encounter with God is going to come from us opening our hearts, be willing for God to come in and do something in our lives and do something powerful 
wherever we're at. You know, there's hope today. Wherever you're at today, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is there for you. You know, maybe you are listening and there's a situation in your life where uh, you really need God to come through. And maybe you've never had an encounter with Jesus before. Today, I would love for you to be able to pray a prayer which says, Jesus, come into my world. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to, to, to come and just invade my space. I don't have any other hope. You know, our world needs hope right now. Our world needs hope. There's so many things that are negative and Jesus can bring that hope. Jesus can bring hope like nothing else. So today, if that's you, if you're watching wherever you are today, you can pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life. You know, the gospel really quickly, in 30 seconds, we were disconnected from God. There was sin that came into our lives and there was a connection gap between God. God sent Jesus to this earth to die on a cross for, for you and for me. He died so that we didn't have to die and he took our sin. And by us accepting Jesus, for him to be Lord of our life, to him, for him to be the saviour, we can then have a relationship with God again. And it's simply this. All we need to do to have eternal life and to be in right relationship with God is say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. I want to live a great life. I want to live a life that's with you in eternity. And you can pray that wherever you are right now. So after, after this service, maybe you want to pray. We'd love to connect with you. If that is you, that you've prayed that prayer today, you can jump on our website. There's a section there, uh, Jesus. You can pray a prayer. There's some more information you can let us know. We'd love to journey that with you because life is worth living with Jesus. Despite all the hope, uh, the lack of hope and the negativity that we're seeing, Jesus can bring that hope. You know, church, today, I'd love for us all to walk away from this service saying, how can this inconvenient moment be a position or position us for God's blessing and for us to encounter God? Let's pray. Lord, I just ask today that as you're with each and every one of us, that you'll do something in us where we push to a place of understanding uh, all of this going on right now could be something beneficial for us. God, that there's a blessing coming, that God, there's an encounter opportunity with you. And Lord, I pray as we each open ourselves to that, that you'll do something powerful through it. God, that you will shape your kingdom, you'll shape your church. Use each and every one of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Have a great week. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.